Washed Up Emo sponsors New Belgium Brewing are celebrating their 30th anniversary as a company. To celebrate, they're releasing Wild Ride Amber IPA, a happy tribute to their iconic fat tire. Even better, New Belgium Brewing are giving away bikes and gear all year. Find out more information by visiting newbelgium.com. Do you ever wonder if your favorite band is emo? Tired of being in the same conversation with friends? Not knowing if you're listening to post-hardcore, screamo, emo revival, emo emo violence, even ska. We're We're here here to to help. help. The Emo Council is here staffed and ready for any question you may have. Hey, Emo Council, just wondering if Green Day was considered an emo band. Thanks. Green Day is not an emo band. Okay. From the creators of Washed Up Emo, isthisbandemo.com offers the definitive answer to the only important question of your day. Hey, is this been emo? This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 52 of the Washed Up Emo Podcast. This podcast is part of the Jabberjaw Media Podcast Network. You can find out about all the shows on jabberjawmedia.com. Thanks for being here. I am on the road, so I sound a little different. I am uh, not using my usual setup, so uh, bear with me. So this episode, I talked to writer-musician Jonah Bay. You might have read his work in Law of Inertia, most certainly his work in Alternative Press, and quite possibly a joke said by Stephen on Stephen's Untitled Rock Show. Or his podcast going off track. Or see him in the band United Nations playing guitar. Now that I think about it, you can't get away from him. So have you ever thought about writing about your favorite music and living to tell about it and keep your friends? Well, most of them. You'll certainly enjoy this episode. We recorded this in Tompkins Square Park, so you hear dogs, people chatting it up. Hope you enjoy. Playing us out, the jealous sounds, abandon, abandon. It's your last chance Jonah, Tom. Oh, we're here, Tompkins Square Park. Tompkins Square Park. There's no, there's no drug dealers or crust punks. Sadly, no. We're putting the Tom in Tompkins Square, though. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're fine. Um, Jonah, you have worked at many places that I adore, including All Press. You did Law of Inertia. True. If you, if as a writer, if you think you started in the internet age, would you have as close of relationships? that you do when you started like Law of Inertia because that was I mean that's paper that's that's face to face that's connections would you would it be the same if you started out MySpace era and messaging and I don't know man I mean Law of Inertia was like very weird because like I didn't start it Ross Eagle started it and I met him in college he was going to Cornell and I was going to Ithaca College so I and I hadn't really done writing stuff before then, so I met him when I was like 19 or 20, and we started doing the zine together. I started out just doing reviews, and then editing reviews, and then doing features, and then by the end we were like co-editing together. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I didn't, there were so many parts there I There was made. no, were there email interviews? No, we would just sort of like, I would just sort of go to shows and just try to get people to talk to me. 
My like, excuse was getting the radio ID for college. Yeah. That's how you met that. them. I mean, I sort of knew some public, like, I knew, like, Jessica Hopper and, like, Maria Blue Ghost and all these people who would, but yeah, it was more just, like, showing up at, like, an anti-flag show or, like, a Godspeed show and just sort of, like, with, like, a disposable camera. Yeah. And, like, a tape, an actual tape, mini tape recorder thing and just, usually people would just be like, yeah, sure. Yeah, like, they, they had 10 minutes then. It was a VFW yeah. hall. What's interesting is that I was going back through old issues last time I was at my parents' house. I have, I'll bring you some. I have so many in my parents' basement, and they want me to get rid of them so bad. Scan that stuff. I know. I should. You're right. I should scan it, huh? <laughs> uh, but interview, none of that's available online. None of it's online. And my interviews are so, like, weirdly confrontational. Like, I'd be interviewing anti-flag a bit, so why are you guys punk? Like, I saw you do that, you know, like, and not in, like, a snotty way, but in a way where I'm like, wow, I would never say that to someone now. Yeah. And everyone's, like, very thoughtful, like, no one's, like, you're, be- like, it's interesting. interesting. It's like, I'm much more aggressive then than I am now. Why? I don't, I think I just didn't. Were you more, uh, was it just I th- in a, a curiosity? I think so. I also think just at that age, like, you're just, I just feel like I was less anxious and like neurotic about everything yeah. like you know like you're sort of with, with the relationships that you had yeah also when you're like 20 21 you just like don't you're not like overthink you're just like yeah i'm gonna ask yeah so and it's kind of cool like i kind of like random interviews because i'm like wow this i can't believe i said this did you use that for like a future thing because i think yeah you think about that you're like oh wait a minute well if i ask that because that relationship with that person and you kind of right. like your mind starts racing with everything you've probably asked about yeah no i mean there were definitely times where ross was also like dude we can't like i'd be doing a review i mean like i did a review of like i would do reviews where i was like I did a spoon review where I was like, I don't like this singer. He looks like a spoiled rich kid. Like, you know, like, and like, just like all this baseless shit where I would just like, like I did with some girl would like have not gone out with me that night or something. Or like I got rejected yeah, yeah. and I'd go home and have to like write a review and I'd be like, fuck this guy. You know, like it was so not their fault and so just immature. But like when I was that age, I was just like, whatever. But has that, has that, have you thought about that now? I mean, I think you've mentioned before where you have to kind of think about it because there's, you know, you that whole band friend thing, which yeah. I think a lot of people aren't, I think if you're in it, you're there to work for them. You are helping their career. You're not just there to like, yes, you're a friend, and, but there's that fine line yeah. of like, you're there to help, yeah. and you're, but you're also a critic. That was much more of an issue one after Love and Russia, once I started working at AP. Hey, how's it hey, going? What's up? <laughs> uh, yeah, you working? Yeah. All right, maybe I'll swing by. The mayor of Tompkins Square Park, um, Jonah Bayer. One of the bartenders at Drop Off Service, 13th and A, my favorite bar. <laughs> nice. I'm there a lot. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Uh, well, you yeah, started at all. That press. became more of an issue at AP because Love Inertia was on a smaller scale. You know, I mean, it was we it was like we had good distribution, but it's still a zine. But AP, that was one. It was like. Ban- there's so many bands that hated me or bands that I thought were my friends that you write like one bad review when did that start I so basically what happened was I graduated college in 2002 um was originally gonna move to New York and try to do the zine full time oh wow with Ross Ross was living here and I had interned and was writing for Alternative Press um and I got hired to do the Warp Tour with them in 2002, so I did the Warp Tour, the whole tour, um, like set up their booth, like set up signings, whatever, and then when I got back, their music editor was leaving, this guy Dave Siegel, um, was leaving after nine years, and I basically got the job as music editor, yeah, and I was like 22, I was super young, so I ended up staying in Cleveland for three years doing that, and 
not moving to New York, not doing the zine. But yeah, I mean, like you write a bad review in AP, and it's like bands get like pissed. And all I was doing was writing and running the review section. So I made a lot of enemies. Wow. And you know, and it's I don't honestly really write reviews anymore because it's like I was talking about this the other day. Like I do reviews for Revolver and Inked, but. But it's like I feel like it's not. It's, I, I read a few. I mean, they're 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 almost synopsis. I'm not well, saying it's not a review, but it's it's not like you're writing crazy it, it's long. It's also like it's one thing, I guess, if it's like a pitchfork thing where it's like this kind of long, you know, like expository thing. But I feel like for like short reviews, it's like it's so easy now just to listen to the band and be like, I like this or not. Yeah, that's almost faster than reading some dude's opinion. That on could it. be your review. Yeah. Hey, I heard it's on Spotify. Go there. Yeah, I mean, to me, like that's <laughs> just like. That technology wasn't around when I started AP. And even, like, on MySpace, it's like the player never worked. Yeah. It was never up. But now it's just, like, you can hear anything in a second. Like, why do you care? What It's, like, the same with, like, Yelp. It's, like, why do you care what, like, some person you don't know thinks of a fucking grilled cheese sandwich? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like... Oh, trying to look up hotels there? Yeah. We were t- I was trying to do that for a vacation with, like, Cancun. And it's, like, every single one was, like, there's a dead hooker in the room every time. Right, I'm, like, what? Right. There's not... This do you is watch that- South Park? Yeah. It, this season is to me is like the greatest thing on TV. Well, Nathan for you, and SNL of course. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I just love the way that they're going after this stuff because it's they're doing it in such a smart way. Oh but yeah. So I mean, like yeah, just the entitlement of people thinking like I'm a food reviewer. Like, yeah. I mean, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they forgot tomato in your grilled cheese, and yeah. you are butthurt. Yeah. So I mean, I really only use those. I don't know. I feel like I only really use those sites if, like, my friend has, like, a business that I like and I want to support. Like, I try to, like, I try to put more positivity out there yeah. um, than I used to or then. But, so that's honestly why I just don't do a lot of reviews. Like, I don't, you know, like, well, I'm What was it band. like? What were some of the, I mean, they had to have, I mean, at that time, those years, that was right as it was, Alt Press was sort of taking that specific era and really catapulting it. So those bands were relying on that. Totally. So there was, I'm sure, a lot of pressure. I'm sure a lot of expectations. Yeah. And and well, what's interesting is like I again like I was young enough then. Like I just turned 36. I was there from when I was like 22 to 25, and I just like didn't care. Like the advertising person would come and be like, "Listen, like you don't have to review this, but just so you know, this band it's supposed paid to be a church bunch and state. of money." And uh, I'd be like, okay. And then I would just ignore it. Like, I just didn't, I didn't care. So, and everyone there, like, to be honest, like, for the most part was pretty cool about it. Like, I feel like because of where that magazine came from, it's like, you know, like, you know, you know who's advertising. Like, yeah, you know, but I never was really, like, pressured into doing anything I didn't want to do. I was never pressured into, like, changing anything. Everyone there was really cool about it. The only part where my job got really tricky was, like, people reading the magazine is sort of assume there's one person this was like the hardest part of my job was like you put Newfound Glory on the cover you send out Newfound Glory for a lead review in that issue the person sends it back and they say this record sucks and you're like okay well like you have to have a sort of consistent voice if you're putting a magazine a band on the cover and then you're saying their album is terrible that's kind of confusing yeah. so it's like then you have to sort of be like okay well should have someone else tackle this should I write this should we tweak it like that was the only part where it got kind of tricky. Hmm. But for the most part, it's sort of like, yeah, I mean, this is just one person's opinion. People would get mad about it. It's like, dude, you have to understand, like, there's 30 writers for this magazine. Yeah. It's not one guy writing the whole thing. That you, you know, so that was where... How did you deal with that? Like, I'm starting to get that sort of sometimes where if I say something about a record or I've mentioned something, I just get... I just 
for some reason it was like when you used to read the AP comment, AP.net, you know, comments, or you're reading punk news and you just get overwhelmed and you have to like back away. When did you just, I guess you said you didn't care at that point, but was there any sort of I mean, the only part where it sucked was like when I would give a bad review to a band and then inevitably like my friends would be on tour with them and I'd have to go to the show and I would get called out. Like, um... I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like, all this was so long ago that I don't know if I should say names. You don't have to. I mean, I, I will say that, like... I mean, that era had a... I mean, we're going to get into that, but that era, I mean, it was excess. So yeah. there's a lot of people relying yeah. on a lot of things like, I was threatened popularity. by bands. Even when I was at Fuse writing Steven's show, like, a band found out I was writing the show, and, like, their manager had to go through all the questions because he thought I was, like, going to try to sabotage them because I had written a review that, like, basically said they were Republicans or whatever... I mean, there was, like, bands, some, a bass player in a band told me I knew nothing about music. I mean, like, people would totally confront me about it. And for me, it's like, I would always just try to be like, hey, man, like, I'm just, this is my job. Like, yeah. let me buy you a beer. Like, let's hang out. Like, I'm not a confrontational person, but, um, yeah, it's weird. It was, but also, like, at the same time, like, I made so many friends through yeah. that 2002 Warp Tour. Like, I met Jeff from Thursday, ended up writing so much about them doing cover stories on them like I'm in a band I've been in a band with Jeff for yeah. many years like those guys are some of my best friends like so it started a lot yeah like as well. Motion City Soundtrack like I saw those guys twice last week like a lot of I made a lot of relationships through that that like transcended that and so yeah along the way the good like, outweighed the bad people off but yeah the good definitely outweighed the bad do you and, feel the people that you piss sorry to interrupt do you feel like the people that you pissed they're no longer doing stuff because a um, lot of times I feel like there was this mentality and I would love your opinion of. do you feel that there was like this it, was, it wasn't a first single kind of thing, but it felt like, we're going to fucking break open, dude. Like, we'll yeah. tour this. Yeah. And then if they don't, they're gone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some of them. I mean, some of them are still going. Most of them, I think, are like me. Like, it's don't care anymore. Like, that was the other thing, too. It's like, someone gets so mad, and then you see them, and they're like, hey, what's up? And you're like, oh, yeah, these people, like, have tons of people writing about them all the time. They don't remember. But, yeah, I mean, I would say the most vocal aren't around and I will say that like I will find myself still taking digs at band like I did this thing this Rank Your Records thing with Justin Pierre and I made like a dig about how like we wouldn't be doing one with like Matchbook Romance anytime soon like why am I making fun of Matchbook Romance I don't know (laughs) because it's still it's still something that's just like ingrained in me from those days because it's like I always felt like that band got so much more support than Motion City and I was always like sort of like like internally like angry about that or something so I whenever I have an opening gotta dig gotta dig yeah, yeah but it's like I try not to do that and it's like I don't think those guys I don't know I don't think those guys care like I don't know there's always those ones that get left behind or don't break out and right. they should have right or... but I do think you're right I do think there is an element of the people that are like the most aggressive like the most sensitive like the most like confrontational those are the people that sort of are not in it for a long time Sometimes they are, but for the most part, the, yeah, the most vocal people that talk the most shit kind of end up kind of... I mean, it catches up to you. Totally, yeah. You'd hope. I mean, some people survive and keep going, and um, they have their own circle, but I just feel like there's that... Yeah, I just felt that a lot of that... The people that were loudest seem to have faded. Not faded, they kind of, like, left in a flash. Like, hey, weren't they on last year? Oh, no, they're done, or this, this, and that. Totally. Um do you, I mean, that, you know my feelings about a lot of that era and where it kind of took the word emo, and this is the podcast for it. Um, you know, you were right in the middle of it, you know, if it was, uh, you know, mentioning or working with a lot of those bands. Um, 
how did you feel? I mean, you were old, you're around my age seeing it sort of happen. What are your sort of, were you, were you excited about it? Were you, yes, you were because it was like, you were sort of the epicenter at alt press yeah. and SIRS too. SIRS was definitely, if it was 04, 05, 06, that was, that was where all those bands had to be. Totally. I don't know, man. You know, like I always felt like a little bit on the outside of it. Like, um, because, like, growing up, I was really into hardcore. Like I was really into, like, you know, like, Integrity and, like, these kind of heavier bands. So I remember, I mean, I guess, like, I was really in it, like, when, like, Thursday Thrice, all that stuff started happening. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought it was cool. I mean, I felt like it was... It did, was you, did you see a disconnect? Because I don't, I can't make a connection to Black Veil Brides to Hot Rod Circuit. I can't make those connections. And sometimes the bands that were around that time, I couldn't see a connection to where like too hardcore or too post I couldn't I couldn't make it it was just too perfect too clean too produced yeah it was pop yeah it was mainstream I mean I think I just kind of like I left I left AP in yeah like 05 to like, tour with my own band who Jeff had signed that's been the love kill and I don't know man once I sort of left that world I kind of checked out a little bit like so I don't know like I never really like I wasn't really around for like all time low like I know these bands are yeah, huge yeah. but that's that that stuff was never really on my like I was you listening f- to like Wilco or something I was sort of you went out yeah like I was writing about those bands sort of but did you I, get burnt out kind of a little bit I mean I just felt like I felt was like, every press release the same well I just felt like it was <laughs> like I had kind of experienced it like you know like I had like like you like it's like I was like you know, when I was, like, 21, I was going to see, like, At the Drive-In and the Get Up Kids and, like, those bands and, like, you know, whatever, Thursday Thrice were, like, guys my age making interesting kind of, like, this really, like, artistic kind of music and and that to me was really interesting and then I just, I don't know, I don't know if I aged out of it, but I just hit a point where, like, I just couldn't relate to it anymore. Like, the younger bands, I yeah. just didn't, it didn't hold. And, like, once in a while something would come along, like, I loved that, like, First Academy is record, like... There was stuff that would come along that I really liked. But, yeah, for the most part, I don't know. I just didn't really pay attention. It's like, I go back to Cleveland the last two years to work on, like, that AP Award show. Yeah. The AMAs. It's fun to work on. Like, I worked with Jack and Alice from All Time Low. Like, those guys I thought were super funny. Um, but, yeah, I don't know, like, you know, like, Sleeping with Sirens and that kind of stuff. It's just not... I don't think it's really for me. Yeah. So, it's like... You I felt like you left at the right time? Yeah, I guess so. It's just, like, I feel like... You always you're always gonna reference back. So I guess if I hadn't never heard Grade, I would think a lot of these bands were really cool. But for me, I'd rather listen to Grade because that's not on Spotify. You can't listen to Grade on Spotify. You didn't hear about Victory pulling? Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I think the best Grade stuff is on. I know. Separate, yes, anyways. it is. I'm just joking. If you're trying to listen to Under the was Under the Radar, Under the Radar, not gonna happen. What's so, what's so funny about that record is I remember when it came out, I was like, this record's too slick and rock and roll. Like, <laughs> and listen to it yeah, now. Listen to it now. Like, this is like a screamo record that just like it's like like one percent popier. And at the time. I was like, what is this? Like, it's so funny. Like, I remember, like, I literally thought it was like a Coldplay record at that point. Yeah, yeah, it was and that I polished. To it now. I'm like, this is all screaming pretty much. Like, yeah. it's really funny. Oh, I love Grade. I love Grade, too. One of my favorite bands ever. Speaking of that, our one of our favorite bands, I want to talk about Sirs, too, but Jealous Sound. Jonah and I have a love for, for Jealous Sound. Huge love. Big love. Um, How do we make them huge, Jonah? What do we do? Uh... <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with them. 
Um, I mean, they had the whole knapsack stuff. They had so the knapsack stuff with Eddie playing bass. I saw them a couple times. That was fun. Yeah. I that, got to DJ their LA show, which was did fun. You? No, I saw the show here, and I we United Nations played Fest, I think two or three years, three years ago maybe, and they played. Um, so I got to see that. I don't know, man. Uh, I hope that Blair's writing songs, though. Me he's too. He's one of my favorite favorite songwriters. Lyricist, too. Lyricist. Yeah, he's... Yeah, he's incredible. It's weird. Those records, I feel like I can listen to over and over. Like, when I got A Gentle Reminder, I was like, oh my god, there's like 11 more Jealous yeah, songs. Yeah, yeah. And I remember listening to the first time being like, I know I'm going to be listening to this. And I've listened to it probably like hundreds of times since then. I still put it on all the time. Uh, Brian at the DJ Night, the co-host that I have, Brian, uh, he sees like Jealous Sound pop up and he'll see me like scroll through and like play it and want to like have another one in the queue. And he's like, hey, 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 hey. Because he knows like I'll just play it all night. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. It still sounds good. Yeah. It, it could come out today. Yeah, I totally agree. So if you're listening and you need to go search Jealous Sound, you can do that right now while we just wait. Yeah, there's not that much. There's two records and an EP. Yeah, it's not and that two hard. Two EPs, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Not that hard. No, it's easy. <laughs> and then uh, writing for Sirs, our Steven's Untitled Rock show, um, which I know Steven loves his entry in uh, Is This Ben Emo. Yes. Well, that was another one where it's like, I came in, like, it was sort of like Law of Inertia, like, I came into that kind of in the middle towards the end. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, neither of those things, I was really, like, a founding guy, so... But you worked on. But I worked on it for, yeah, I don't know, two or three years. Uh, basically, I met Steven through Warp Tour or something. I don't know why, but Steven really liked me and really liked my writing, and when I moved to New York, I went with Jeff to this, like, Derek Hess exhibit at Lit. Remember, they had that art gallery next yeah. to Lit? Went to some exhibit there, and Stephen was there, and he was like, I had just moved to New York, it was like 2007, he was like, I want you to write for my show, and I was like, okay, and he set it up, he like, I had no TV writing experience, he like negotiated my, my rate, like basically wow. he, like, they were like, this guy's no experience, Stephen was like, this is why I want him to do it, and so yeah, so I wrote his show, like everything that went on the teleprompter for like two or three years, I wouldn't... It was like at one point I was going in every day, and then like a lot of times I was only going in like one or two days a week. Um, but yeah, it was awesome. I mean, we would have on like Scott Weiland one day, and then we'd have on like Jimmy World or like Motion City or Thursday, and I would always like put these inside jokes into the show. For them or him? For, basically, for the... really for me. Like, you know, like Tony from Motion City would like. I would be at a party the week before and he like drank a beer too fast and had to throw up in the bathroom and then I would just write it into the question. So Steve was doing an interview with them on cable and he's like, so Tony, I heard you have a problem drinking PBR and Tony would be like, dude, seriously? And like, I would just put my own dumb inside jokes. Like I had him ask like Chris from All American Rejects. I was like, do you have a double tall bike? And he was like, yeah, actually I do. Like, I, like there were so many where I just, because it was just like my dumb friends. Yeah, yeah. So it was fun. I mean, it was totally unprofessional. But it was fun, but, um, yeah, that was, that was, yeah, that was a really good time. Like, I had a lot of fun working on that show. I mean, I remember when it got canceled, like, you know, them calling us into the office, and we were really bummed. We didn't really get to do, like, a farewell. Yeah, or, like, a last I remember show. that. We were like, can we do something? And they're basically like, this is your last day. And I actually had to tape a promo that day. There's a, it's on my website, actually. It's on YouTube where I dressed up like Bob Dylan. I was in a bunch of promos, like, Steven directed, and... They wanted me to film this promo that day, and I was like, "You guys just canceled my show." And and I was a promo like, for Steven's Hotel Rock Show. It was a promo for Fuse or something. Some just a general one. General yeah. one, I think. I can't remember what it was for, but it was me. Like it was like the Subterranean Homesick Blues video, where it's like I was yeah, yeah. different signs, and I had the big afro and sunglasses. 
and I was like, I'm not doing it. And then they were like, well, what if we give you your... And I was like, I'm going to stick to my ethics. I'm like, well, what if we give you your day rate twice for today if you do it? And I was like, okay. So I was like, I don't know when I'm going to have any money coming in. I think I just basically lost my job. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was fun working on, like, it was a lot of the same bands I had worked with. Yeah, of course. AP and Warped Tour. So it was just kind of like a continuation of that. I mean, I think, I mean, I definitely, when I was at Equal Vision, that was what to get. Yes, MTV2 was still viable, but there's only certain slots. I mean, if you got on that show, you had, you got a mention, you could put it on your AP ad, you could right, put it, right. like, it just was I this. I guess it's different, like, it's different being on the inside of it, because, like, Law of Inertia, AP, Simpson Rockstar, I never really thought about that. I was never on that. So it was always, like, you feel like you're almost, like, making something in a vacuum. Like, you write something, and yeah. you, you know maybe people are going to read it, but you're just like, I just, this is my job today, I have to write this thing. So it's always weird when people are, like, and I was never really in charge of, like, I guess it, it I guess I was, I don't know, I never really felt, it was just, like, was, like, a passion project for me, sort of, like, the zine. Yeah. So, I don't know, it's weird, it's weird to think, like, people, I, mean, I don't know, there's weird shit that happened when I was in Cleveland, like, there was some girl who was, like, was, like, oh, I'm in trouble, like, I, like, who has, like, had sort of dated a little bit, and I'd, she'd, I'd be, like, okay, I'm gonna come see you, and then she's, like, actually, this band's playing, because I'm, like, I'm doing press for, and I just, like, really needed to say that you were at this show or something. Jesus. You know, so it's like you hit a point, especially at AP, where it's like you feel like people always want something from you. Yeah. And then it's like you don't know if people are being nice to you because they're your friend or because they want something. Or they something. want the review. And of course, like me thinking, I'm like, no one could actually like me, so they probably just want something from me. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, at this point, it's like it's nice to just not have to deal with that. Yeah. I thought, I mean, definitely when I was on the outside trying to get it, and if it was playing a Circus Survive video or getting, you know, something on there, I mean, it helped. And the ads we had, yeah. we would specifically, you know, have at make TV ads just for Stevens Untitled Rock Show. Yeah, I mean, that's where we had them. Other than MTV Two and maybe some small markets, but those were what we made them for. Yeah, I mean, I would because you knew the audience. Yeah, I mean, and all like, the Warp Tour stuff that would happen. Yeah, again, I had nothing to do with that stuff. Like, I literally was just writing Steven's script, and I was like making jokes about like you know like how much I hated Juno, and like Steven would be like, <laughs> I don't really hate Juno. Our writer Jonah really does. Like, I you know like it was never. I never really. It was kind of nice. Like at all those places, I never dealt with the business end. Yeah, and never dealt with money really. So I would just kind of come in and do my thing, and like probably like. To my detriment, I was just kind of never, never really focused on that stuff. Yeah, no, I, but I, I just say it was, it was, it was rad too. That was a huge show, I think, for a lot of people. I still get people mentioning like, I heard about your band on this, or I heard. Yeah. it's it's really cool. Yeah, and uh, it's cool doing the podcast with Stephen because we get a lot of those same people. Yeah, they're like, wait, I was by. on the show, yeah. or you review, like, you have that sort of cycle again. Yeah. And the good people still are doing either new bands or they're totally, still around. Totally. Yeah, I mean, we've had some, you know, like Jeff or Anthony Green or all these people. Yeah, they'll like come through the podcast and it just feels like a yeah. Yeah, it's like, like the, the, it's it's the Stevens Not Total Rock Show of 2015 or 2014. Yeah, really, we don't get paid. <laughs> <laughs> Which we talked about earlier yeah, before uh, we started me and recording. Tom were all business before this started. <laughs> we we're talking about our portfolios. <laughs> I think the S&P 500 really is going to... It's been rocking, man. Yeah. It's been a trip. Did you see that stat that if uh, Donald Trump had just taken the money that he got, that he inherited and put it in S&P 500 and left it there and made sandcastles all day, he'd have more money than he does now no, by doing all the investing? That. Yeah, it's pretty it. funny. Tom's wearing a Vote for Trump shirt right now. <laughs> 
case you were wondering. <laughs> he did walk in front of me where I was walking back to work with lunch really? once. And I saw these two guys near the door, and they both, like, opened it up at the same time. And I was like, that's really interesting. And then the next thing I see is the big toupee. I was at a concert he was at once, about six years ago, uh, Neil Young show. I was about to make a joke about his band. You said it too quick. Sorry. It was Neil Young. It was, like, up in the I was going to say Bolt Thrower. Church. No. But, yeah, he, he had, like, a security guy next to him. But he stayed for the whole show. Wow. Yeah. I would, I would expect him to kind of just do the two songs and then... No, he was there. People were coming up to him. He, was, he, was, he seemed like he was very friendly. Well... Let's hope he doesn't run the country. <laughs> uh, are you, I mean, being the in, in independent, obviously freelance writer, is it, or do you get a bio request or, a, you know, liner notes, and how do you turn someone down? Because uh, I have trouble saying turn people down. I always say yes. I, not for, not, not saying for your things, but like overall, like I have right. trouble saying no. So how do you say no when it's like... I mean, I almost never, if I can do something, I almost always try to make it work. Um, I've only really had to start, I mean, I've been freelance since I left AP basically, which is 2005. That's so fantastic. Like 10 years. Yeah. That's rad. Thanks. It's been a long time. <laughs> so, I mean, part of that is that you have to understand that, like, you know, not every assignment's going to be, like, writing about your favorite band. Yeah. That's fine. So, I try not to turn stuff down unless it's just not going to be worth my time or like worth the headache so you sort of get a sense if it's something I think is going to be a huge pain in the ass I'm, I won't do it if it's you know if it's like a crazy deadline or it's just like way under my budget I try not to but I try to also like do as much as I can I try to like you know like give good rates to my friends I try to let, and then you know charge more for other people and try to sort of balance things yeah, out yeah. you know what I mean so it's just a lot of I don't know it's just a lot of kind of give and take um, but yeah, I mean, I'll turn, I'll just turn something down if I just, I don't know. Sometimes you have a feeling, or just sometimes I'll be, if I'm have like, if I'm not super busy, I'll do something that I wouldn't normally do. But if I have like three things to do that week, I'll just be like, hey man, I can't do this right now. Or if I'm traveling, yeah, I try when United Nations is on tour, I try to scale things back a lot, but also I try not to just do absolutely nothing. So it just depends. If I'm in town, I'm. You know, like, this is what I do. So I try to make it work. If I'm on tour, I'm traveling, then it's, you know, yeah. I try to adjust things a little. And then, are, um, are you, have you into a lot of the newer bands that are coming out? Like, if the, not emo revival per se, but just the punk, indie, hardcore scene yeah, of today? I are mean, there bands that you're super are, into? Sure. I mean, like, you know, two, two members of the United Nations are in Pianos Become the Teeth, David and Zach. They were a band I didn't really know until we started playing with them. I think they're we've toured with them a lot I think they're incredible I think they're great um, and a lot of bands I've met sort of through them and through that scene like you know like Touche yep Touche Amore uh, a lot of Spute um, do you see the lineage do you see the connections totally. to it with those bands I do like yes with those bands I totally do um, and those you know and it's weird like I feel like I forget how much younger those guys are than me you know what I mean like we all tour with them and yeah and it's it's crazy, or like I, you know, like um, like Ned from Title Fight. You know, I'll be hanging out with him, and then I'll be like, blah blah blah. Be like, well, I'm actually 24. I'll be like, dude, you are like a third younger than me. Like I've lived like a third of your life. It's fucking crazy. But I do think there are, you know, like even... how much easier it is to f- to learn though. Yeah. Like the hit. I mean, be able to go back and we had scenes and distro things to look through or backs of records and this is like you've got the whole you've got YouTube to just type in any band you've ever thought of and it's there and you can ingest it 
Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's cool. I also think it, like, breeds this weird, like, weird nostalgia that's, like, not, like, that's, like, I don't know. It's, like, I, I felt like, that, like, you know, so, okay, like, let's talk about reunion tours. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, to me, the first band of, like, this era to do reunion tours, Braid. Like, not this reunion, but, like, whatever, like. Well, Texas, te- 2006, too. But, but that was, that, like, one show. Okay. When was that Braid one? That had to have been around the same time. Probably around the same time. Um, and I think... I don't know, man. Then I think it, like, kicked something off, and then, like, every single band started doing it, and now it's, like, you can see every band ever whenever you want, and it's almost, like... I don't know. It's almost like I feel like if you weren't around for it, now you can say that you saw something. And it's, I don't know, for some reason, like, it loses a little magic. It's kind of like when, like, a band would put out, like, a bunch of 7 Inches and then they put out a CD with all the songs on it. And you're like, dude, I spent so long collecting these, all these Hot Water Music 7 Inches. And now for, like, $12, I can have all... Oh, dude, I've given them shit about this all the time. And, and, by the way, it makes me sound like the biggest whiny loser. Like, you should only have these available on, like, these out-of-print 7 Inches that only I can hear. Like, of course not. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. I feel like it's a lot, like... I don't know. But I think there were reunions that maybe when I was first at in the New York and my co-workers that were maybe 30 at the time 10 years older than me are t- going to Irving to see a mission of Burma or those like I feel right, like right. that cycle is continuous and it just happens to be there's a lot of it because there's a lot of it from the mid 2000s totally every band's got the 10 year right but you know it was so a... more than the cyclical what's your sort of deal with your feeling that it's these bands specifically it's like because I, I, I mean, there's like, a point where they get home and they're like, "Well, I hate my wife." Totally, now. totally. Like, and I'm not, I'm not criticizing anyone who wants to do that. Like, that's fine. Um, and, but it's like, you know, like the big one, like everyone was like, after for someone was at the drive-in, which to me was like the most anticlimactic one. And yeah, like the videos I saw were bad, and like I know they had some personal stuff going on, you know, like whatever. Like that's, you know, like, totally empathize yeah. with that. But to me, what they did that was cool was not turn it into some huge tour like to me one of my favorite bands I've ever seen of course I'm sure same with you and it's like dude think about even if they were killing it like do you really want to see them at Terminal 5 with some drunk frat dude screaming one arm scissor in your ear like to me like I don't I don't want to see that man like I saw it it was cool yeah like I don't need to see that now yeah, I mean, the Jimmy Eat World at the drive-in Lazy Cane tour. I'm going to remember that tour sure. for all those three bands. Totally. Not, you know, the Madison Square Garden show or whatever it was, you know, that they did. Not yeah. them, but, like, a band playing that. I'm not going to I'm not gonna care as much. Yeah, totally. But uh, there's a kid there that was 18 that wasn't around and seeing it for the first time, and so it's the greatest thing in the world. Right. Yeah. I mean... And then you can just, we can be old and crotchety and say that you missed it. Right. I mean, I guess better that than, like, yeah, like, that kid paying $10 to go see someone, like, play it on a laptop somewhere. True. I mean, which is just, like, another step removed. So... Wait, you pay... People pay to have, to see people spin emo records? Yeah. How much... What's the cover? What's the cover on your net? I feel like I paid, like, 15 bucks. Zip, Zero. Baby. Oh, my God. The best deal in Brooklyn. Uh, Tom and Brian. <laughs> Emo night. I went last time. It was great. You did? Yeah, Jerome's. Very, I never had been there before. It's all right. I'm joking. It's fine. <laughs> no, it's fun. Sadly, you know, we used to share a, a DJ DJ location. By the way, uh, Jonah's not going to tell a story, but Jonah and I have 
we've done joint punk nights. They did a punk night with Eric Charles, and then we would an emo night. Sometimes we would go to we, we would did. Do a, we did. We remember oh, yeah. we did a couple nice back. To, I was back usually really drunk when those yeah, happened. Yeah, it's fine. Okay. I just remember it's hazy. I just remember you being really stressed because you know punk songs are minute in length, so you got to get like it 30, sucks. 35, 40 songs yeah. going. Brian and I, we could, you know, throw on Goodbye Sky Harbor, 12-minute jam, 16-minute jam. We could go to the bathroom. We can go get food, come I, back. I, I, you guys were, like, stressing back they're there. They're short. I always think it would be really funny if, like, the punk night thing caught on the way the emo night thing did. And it's like, dude, did you hear, like, Webster Hall? Like, has Joey Kate from Lagwagon's going to be spinning? Like, it's like, dude, like, no one cares except me and Eric and, like, seven other dudes. <laughs> but I always thought it was funny how, like, the emo thing caught off so much in the punk night. Everyone's like, you're just playing, like, fat record stuff? Like, no, like, no girls want to hear that. Like, it's like... It was really funny, so I can't believe we did that night for like two and a half years. I'm glad you did. Yeah, it was fun. It was really fun. And then the one nights we did together I thought was really fun. Yeah. Because we were sick of playing, you know, when we've been doing it for almost five years now. Like, we're kind of like, when we get a different guest, we're like, oh. Like, when uh, Refuse came by and we DJed and they hung out, all they wanted to hear was like Madball, Integrity, like all this old shit, in which we were like, yes. But I think the punk night was that for us. Well, what I thought was really funny was Idle Hands was closing. You guys did your last emo night. Chris Conley and Max Bima showed up. Yeah. It was packed. Pretty I nuts. Mean, I set up an SNL after after party there like five years ago and it was as packed as that. Like you could not fit more people in there. It was insane. Um, I remember talking to someone and we were doing our last DJ job like, the next night and they were like, this is crazy. I was like, yeah, if you want the opposite, come tomorrow. And they're like, you're being self-deprecating. I was like, I'm not. And literally, it was, it was my friend Cindy. I sent her a Were fun- you guys the last night? I think we were one well, of like the... close to it. Close yeah. to it. Because it was like the, the last, last week. week. Yeah. yeah. And we did the next night. And literally, I took a photo, and there was no one there. Like, we, it was just us, like, playing, like, the Decline and No Effect songs. And Eric had moved as me and Adam from Field by Ramen before he left, too. Um, but, yeah. There, All your co-hosts left New York. Yeah, everyone was gone. So it was, like, it was just funny. I was like, wow, well, Tom and Brian worked really hard on their night and went out in a really well way in this half-assed thing. <laughs> <laughs> that I slacked my way through for two and a half years and no one's here. <laughs> so, lesson learned. Good metaphor. And lesson Tom's, learned, no punk. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe just it's not... I feel like it's just not the right timing. Like, there's not that nostalgia factor. There's not the interest in those bands. And the other thing is, a lot of those bands, like, never broke up. Like, yeah. No effects, like, when, like, those bands didn't go away and come back. Yeah, like, a lot of those bands just kind of, like, just kept doing it. And I think that's a big... That's a big thing with nostalgia as well. Like that—that's you know what I feel like happens happens with a lot of bands. Like they, you go away for three years, you can't see them, and then you come back. You're like, oh, I want to go, as opposed to like you're like, ah, I'll see these guys next time. I'll see them next time. I'll see them next yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, if enough people do that, you can't really function. But back to the reunion thing, you're just sort of like, if a band does it, have a have a moment, have a show, do whatever cities you feel make sense or viable. But then there's that point where it like happens, and then it's like, oh, well, that really went well. Let's totally. do Japan. Right. Let's do South America. And then you're like, I get it. I, if you want to make a ton of money, do it. And I think the one band I think deserved it was Refused. I mean, they had, I mean, they had no fans. To, I mean, no one 100%. gave a shit. I don't think anyone can criticize Refused for being like, you guys made this record that got huge after you broke up. Every new metal band. Yeah, every band... Like talks about it's a great thing, and you never had a chance to tour on it when people yeah. knew the song. Like, of course, of course, you should totally do it. I'm not saying like no band should ever do a reunion, and there's reunions that I like. I'm just saying like it's like I just think like 
it just feeds like feeding into this nostalgia thing it's just like over and over it's like I just feel like it gets a little bit dull it just becomes this loop where you're just kind of sort of like living in this past and it's like you know like you're watching Star Wars and you're, I don't know I just feel like at some point you need to just be like pushed forward a little bit yeah like that's what I love about some of the newer bands that are coming out in the indie scene or punk scene or emo scene it's like you see the lineage and then they take something from it but then there's something new totally which I would love to see what a band listening to the Menzingers 10 years from now that's like I don't know I just I love to see that progression totally yeah I mean I just feel like yeah, just with everything. Like you need to like push forward. Like I'm like I loved working at AP. Like I'm glad that now I write for Playboy and High Times or whoever. You know what I mean? Like it's like I think it's great to take that stuff and just like see where it goes. Yeah. That to me that's more interesting than just playing the same thing over and over. Unless it's a gel sound. Yes. Yeah. If it's a gel sound, <laughs> have at it. Or integrity. Anxious arms all day. Yeah. Anxious arms all day. Uh, and then you've I want to talk about the comedy stuff too because you've started writing oh yeah a lot of comedy and you started doing stuff with your sister yeah so my sister Vanessa is on Saturday Night Live she's been on for I think five years I think it's her fifth or sixth season um, I'm in the opening credits with her once again uh, yeah that was always that was huge the first time that on, happened that was, was pretty the, big the first was that years. the sitting down at the restaurant one yeah and then they changed it and then they shot another one that I'm in again um, did she accidentally just happen to have you around? Or no, no, no. Both times she was like, I'm doing this thing. Like, I want to try to get... She's very into, like, getting me involved with her stuff. She's always been very inclusive. But, um, yeah, maybe, like, three or four years ago, we had the idea to do a web series. Um, so we started this thing called Sound Advice, where she interviews bands as a media coach and gives them kind of, like, condescending advice. And we've done a lot of them. I think we've done, like, 25 or 30 um, and I started out doing a lot of the booking. Our first one was with Fun and New Jack through Steel Train yep. and that stuff in the format. And, Nate and, uh, and yeah. And so we did one with, like, No Effects. We did one with a lot of my... And now Vanessa's, you know, has way crazier connections than me. So she, like, texted Drake, got him to do it. That's we so did rad. a couple of times. We did... Um, yeah, Tegan and Sarah, St. Vincent. Um, so it's, what's the... What's the uh, comedy versus music like do you see the similarities because you're oh, still totally. cracking jokes and inside things yeah it's just a different it's different um i mean there's so much overlap for yeah. sure i will say that i get i don't really get nervous around musicians i get incredibly nervous among comedians because you want to prove not that you're hilarious but you want to prove that you're like kind of like you get it yeah yeah so i tend to just like shut down so it's like it's hard for me to like make small talk with like Lucy K or something because I'm just like uh yeah but uh but yeah there's so many similarities I think it's cool I think it's cool because a lot of bands I'm sure you know like you're friends with a lot of bands I'm friends with a lot of bands like a lot of these people are very serious about their art but they're goofy and you know they're goofy but like every interview is serious so it's like I think it's nice to let let these people kind of like have an outlet to be funny yeah to like kind of be in on the joke and not just be kind of up on this weird like pedestal where they're like I'm artists like the refused one I realized when I sat down with them they I started referencing stuff right on about hardcore and 92 and they kind of you saw them relax because they knew they didn't have to explain the band they like they instantly were just like oh now we can just tell stories and I think if you get that with anyone in band or a comedian like you, you're gonna get better stuff right right, right. you're not gonna get the Today Show interview right yeah 
And I remember, yeah, I mean, like, I, and I did actually... Sorry, Good Morning America, ABC, not NBC, sorry. I did a lot of, I actually, like, got to do a lot of really cool stuff for AP. After I left, I still wrote for them a lot. And they used to do um, film features, like, where you could interview actors. And, like, I did Bill Hader, I did Judd Apatow, like, um, Patton Oswalt, uh... I'm trying to think who else. I got to interview, like, a lot of really cool comedians and, like, sort of, like, I remember talking to Pat Oswald and bringing something up about King of Queens. He'd be like, well, you know, I don't just do King of Queens. Like, that's a very, you know, and I was like, I know, I saw you do this show at the Grog Shop. And he's like, okay, like, yeah. I feel yeah, like yeah. Once you can sort of prove, like, I'm not just, like, some dude who read your bio and doesn't know anything about it. The you. same shot for, like, the actors do in the with their, like, poster next to them with every, like, that... The, the junkets, you know, where it's just the same guy. Yeah. Like, well, this is actually crazy. How's everything going? Totally. You know? Totally. Totally. Yeah. In and out. Yeah. Well, I was just on a press tour for Trainwreck as Vanessa, and that's totally like I interview every five minutes. I was like, this is insane. The music is not like this. But, you know, this reminds me, I went to go see. Do you remember when Bright Eyes did those seven nights at Town Hall? Yeah. So I went the first night with Jeff from Thursday. We went, and I had just interviewed Judd Eftow over the phone. And we were there special guest that night he had a different special guest every night the special guest that night was Lou Reed so incredible night like fucking you see like like you know bright eyes playing you know like fucking like I'm waiting for the man with Lou Reed but I saw Judd Apatow there and this was like the week before um, Knocked Up came out and I was like I think it's Judd Apatow and just like really I was like yeah <laughs> because I had been looking at pictures of him yeah. because I've been researching him a lot and I was like hey are you Judd and he was like yeah I was like this is Jeff. Like, I was like, I just interviewed you last week. And we talked about, like, the Beatles or something for, like, 20 minutes. And he was like, you know, I'm so nervous. Knocked Up's coming out and this weekend and Pirates of the Caribbean comes out. And I was like, you're going to be fine. Like, this is going to be, like... And, like, he, it was, like, really... And so it's, like... And then, like, you know, like, now it's, like, you know, he directed, you know, Trainwreck, which my sister was in. And and so it's, yeah, it's so crazy how, like, this music stuff, like, Todd... And we still talk to, you know, like... Bill Hader brings up all the times like the first real interview I ever did was with you for AP. I interviewed him when he was in um, Superbad. He played the cop. With yeah, yeah. And so it's like, yeah, all these kind of people who kind of like... Same thing happens with music. You're seeing the same similarities. Yeah. The, it's the bit part, totally. but you did them early and then they come back totally. around and they yeah, know like, you. Yeah, like, you know, like Jonah Hill, I had interviewed for AP and he was talking about doing a night of black and white. You know, like it's like all these people like... But you, but the thing I think people could get out of it if, if they're listening and I think too is that you're doing the interview with Bill early on because you liked what he did you knew what he was it wasn't like you're like in 10 years totally. I can't wait to get my sister on his movie totally yeah and like we went it to, ca- yeah it came right. out of this it's and not from like, that and I think the, the that, tack to it yeah and I think that's a really big part of like probably like why I still do this stuff or why I'm doing it here and you are too it's like I don't go to like fucking like networking stuff like I went to this thing once that like my friend had and it was like the most artificial weird thing where people are like so weird who do you write for here's my card and it's like i totally get that it's hard to get your foot in the door yeah and yeah it's like these people are just trying and like nothing against them but it's like i'm always like i'm gonna go to the show and hang out and just be cool and be friendly and like if someone's like hey man like i met you at this thing do you want to do like a bio or or like, your friend or i come up to you and say have you met this person or it's like that's how it, it totally. innately yeah. threw somebody. Or, like, I toured with a band, you know, and then yeah. they want me to do a bio. Like, we'll figure it out. Like, that to me is way it's natural. more organic and natural than being, like, I don't know, trying to, like, force... But it's also, like, I don't know how you would break into this now. Like, a lot of people know me through all the stuff we've talked about. And so I feel like, you know, like, I don't know how you would break in and start doing stuff now. Like, people email me sometimes, and they're like, how do, how do, you, how do I get in the music, be a music writer? I'm like, I don't know, I did a zine... 
Then I worked for a TV show that showed music videos. You but know? I think I think there are opportunities. I think people I'm email sure there that, are. and it's like find your local band that you love and talk about them. Find the local like you never know. Your local band could be X artist, or it could be your friend is a writer ten years from now. Or right, right. Patience. Yeah. No, totally. Yeah, I just. Yeah, I just don't really know. Like, I only know, like, my past, and I only know, like, what was around at the time. And our ages are interesting because the internet was, like, on and happening when we were in college. But, like, it was, I mean, I checked my email once a day. I didn't have a phone. Oh, totally. And so you, there was, but then you knew it was there, and I remember I could make up fake um, references in papers that I wrote because teachers didn't, A, look up the websites. Totally. So, like, it's just that era, and then it, like, exploded... So we were kind of in both places where now I think, you know, there's more opportunity because there's more avenues. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember being in a band where it's like, we didn't have GPS. We got lost all the time. We had like a CD book. Like You'd print out the MapQuest directions. Yeah, you'd print out the MapQuest directions. You'd just constantly be lost calling the promoter. I mean, yeah, it's totally, it's everything's different now. Yeah. And lastly, do you want to, uh, I, I was thinking, I was like... I know you did that stuff with Chuck where you contributed. Chuck Reagan, you had his, one of his books you contributed to. Oh, yeah, I wrote to. an essay for Chuck's book. I'm doing to actually work on some stuff with him now. Cool. That, um, I'll tell you about later. But, yeah, he's... he's Have you thought about books? Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, Comedy or music or... Totally. Um, yeah, I'm in the, putting something together now. Cool. So it's still kind of in, like, the kind of proposal stages but I sort of have been talking to an agent about it so yeah nothing really concrete yet but uh, yeah is that another avenue totally 100% you know it's like people have come to me about it over the years and it's just never been something I'm really interested in it's like to put that much you did the you did a book for or ebook for Shinedown I did an ebook for Shinedown for Atlantic that was cool I mean they sort of commissioned that and they did a lot was of was that cool fun theater. to yeah, do that was cool I mean like they were a band I didn't know a lot about that I ended up huge fan base huge fan base their singer Brent um, one like could not be a better person to be a subject of a book like everything that dude says is quotable wow very appreciative really down to earth really sweet guy like musically like maybe not my thing but um, it was a pleasure to work on so yeah so that was cool doing you know like I like doing longer pieces you know like I did a AP's 30th anniversary cover I did this cover store with Fall Out Boy we hung out with them for a couple days here Like we went to like the floor of the stock exchange Like did all this stuff but yeah doing something that would be cool it would just have to be something I was really passionate about because yeah. to put that much time and effort into something it's not it can't be something you're like eh this seems kind of cool it has it, to be like, everything's got to be lock, lock totally, tight totally so yeah so totally cool. I like on the on the burner one of the burners but there's a lot of burners going I guess I don't it's know. fun you don't want to get burned out. <laughs> don't get burned out, burned out. Oh, also, I want yeah. to... Um, plug. Plug away. I want to plug my new noisy column up the puns. Um, my Dan He was o- punning the whole time I walking over here. Uh, yeah, Dan Ozzy, my, my editor there, and good buddy, he uh, commissioned me to do this column where it's all music and news told in the form of puns. So the first one came out. And uh, I think we're going to try to do it every month until someone is like, why are we nice. doing this? Um, yeah, and hopefully more sound advice stuff will be coming out. We're working on that. Uh, United Nations uh, are writing hopefully something next year. Um, yeah, I'm writing now for like Inked, Playboy, High Times. No and, more nudie stuff in Playboy. No more nudie stuff So I can Playboy. actually have it sent to my house now? Yes, yeah. I, Parents' house, sorry, my house is fine. <laughs> I don't live in a church. 
Um, yeah, no more nudie stuff, but still some solid writing there. Um, what else have going on? Um, I feel like I'm always, like, forgetting. I'm, this is, like, another thing where it's, like, I'm good at... Oh, the podcast, every Wednesday, new episode. I'm, like, I feel like I'm good at making stuff and just not good at, like, promoting or marketing it. Some people are good at that. <laughs> I don't... I just, you know, whatever. You know, I have a website, jonahbear.com. I, I update pretty much every week, so that's, like, all my stuff. So you can check that out. And, uh... No DJ night as of yet, but if someone wants to do like a lag wagon, no effects, fat records DJ night in New York. Oh, but you gotta have a cover. Yeah, gotta have a cover. I mean, it's gonna be. I mean, you is, gotta do expenses. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna be very exclusive, very expensive. It'll probably sell out. So we just definitely want to get tickets in advance, and we're gonna need to find somewhere big enough. Like, so I'm thinking maybe T5. I, I don't know. Roseland would have been perfect. Roseland would have been perfect. Anymore. You know my favorite. Uh, this is industry talk, but my favorite uh, uh, VIP area in New York City was Roseland, the yeah, upstairs balcony. That was a good one. I will say, most VIP areas, in case you're listening to this and think it's cool, you think it's going to be cool. And it's Plaza? probably the worst place to see the show from. Yeah, it's good if you're like in the fr- like last night. I was or like, to get work done. You need to see someone in there. They know they're in there. Here's the only thing I don't like watch about the show. It. Last night I went to go see Circa survive at. Um, it's called PlayStation Theater now. Um, and Jonah just had $20 magically show up in his pocket. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you... You didn't see that, but it just magically showed up. But there weren't that many people up there, and I could, like, pull up a stool and sit down. To me, like, sitting down at a show... Fantastic. ...is the best. So, <laughs> if you can... Sometimes you can't see, sometimes you can, but if there's a possibility that I can sit down, that's all that matters Seated, anymore. and I'm no one's in front of me... You might as well yeah. handed me a hundred dollars. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, if I can, yeah, <laughs> sitting down like that's the one thing. Like I remember, you know, that Sunny Day Real Estate uh, Jealous Sound show that T5. was at T Five. That show happened on my thirtieth birthday. It was September twenty seventh, two thousand seven, and oh wait, not two thousand seven. Uh, when did I turn thirty? Well, six years ago, so two thousand nine or something. Yeah, Whatever. yeah. That show was on my birth on my thirtieth birthday. I went, and I remember halfway through the show being like, my back kind of hurts from standing up. And I remember, like, I was like, oh, I'm 30. This is going to happen now. And now every show since then, yeah, it's like, it hurts. It's like, whoo, we've got to find something to lean on. Yeah, here. I was like, this is weird. I'm standing up front like I normally have hundreds of times at every show. Something's off. And I remember it was literally on my 30th birthday. So it's like, if you, if you don't understand what we're talking about, just wait a couple years. Yeah, save this and replay it when you turn 30. Replay it, and it's going to make so much more sense to you. You're going to be like, oh, yeah, Tom and Jonah were totally right. This guy's... These guys really knew what they were talking so about. So is your you have to go to your chiropractor now, right? I'm in physical therapy actually. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he's he's on his way there now. Oh man. A little Saturday session. Good luck. Thanks, man. I'll need it. <laughs> there is hope for us. There is distance between you and I. We have just enough.
Hello, Washed Up Emo fans. Thank you for listening to this podcast over the last nine plus years. Or if it's your first time, welcome. It has flown by, and I appreciate each and every one of you for listening. And for this current episode you're about to hear, I do have a favor of you. I have some books out right now called Anthology of Emo, and Volume 2 was released last fall. I really think you'll dig it if you haven't heard of them. It features guests from the podcast, including Jim Atkins from Jimmy World, Chris Conley from Saves the Day, Travis Shettle from Piebald, and John Bunch from Sensefield. I've also reprinted Volume 1 so you can order both. Check out the DIY publishing at anthologyofemo.com.